Well, well, well. The podcasting prayers were answered. Stars perfectly aligned for Richard Wilson and one from the podcast in conversation. Never before has any Victor Meldrew catchphrase been heavily used in this household. I can tell you that for free. Unbelievable. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. Firstly, I'd just like to say to any of you on the receiving end of the slightly cruel prank I played where I released a blank episode, April Fool's Day, titled Guest Interview Special Richard Wilson. Now, I hadn't even asked the big man at the time if he'd like to come on the show. And I guess I was just making light of my little podcast because there's no way I thought he would ever agree to come on. Just didn't think it would happen. But of course, podcasting prayers are answered and we had a great chat. A couple of disclaimers I'd like to uh, mention before we uh, proceed with the interview. Uh, point number one, the Audible is a little different to usual. Richard called me from his new telephone, the Hukutsui model, but it's still perfectly audible. And there was nothing wrong with the BT line. There was nothing dodgy spoken about or anything misunderstood. So I didn't have to report anything. Point number two, many of you kindly sent in some really decent questions for Richard. Uh, but due to time, we just didn't get around to discussing as many as hoped. On the back end of all things, questions and talking points not being raised, Richard may well be up for round two sometime in the near future. So he'd like to do a Q&A with the fans of One Foot. So watch this space. Anyway, thanks so much for downloading. I'm sure Richard would love to know what you thought of the show. So please write a review. Cheers and have fun. How are you, anyway? I'm okay. How have you been doing in the last 12 months or so? Well, I'm, I'm getting a bit fed up with it, Tom, I must say. Um, uh, the, first, the first lockdown was okay, but the second one has been very boring. Uh, I'm all, I've got to a stage now where uh, I'm not very clear what day it is anymore. <laughs> You're not alone with that, I don't think. No. Uh, if you, yeah, just give me one second. Today is... Oh, today's Wednesday because yesterday was Tuesday. Yeah, and you know it's Wednesday because you're obviously very excited to do this podcast, right? Well, that's right. This, I've been looking forward to this podcast for you for the last six months. Thank you, uh, yeah. And I, I'm so pleased you let me on to it because I was, <laughs> I was afraid I might not make it. I mean, it's a privileged thing to be on, I've got to say. But uh... <laughs> um, so... so... So the... Um... How long does the podcast last for, by the way? Oh, an ep- well, per episode. I mean, when I'm talking... No, no, I mean, today, how long, how long are you going to talk to me for? For as long as you are comfortable with doing. If you say at one point, I've had enough now. Um, that's... Well, I'm not going to do any more than six hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, I, I can squeeze in. I mean, the amount of questions I've prepared, just in case there's awkward silences... That it may well feel uh, fit six hours. We, we've already been speaking. I mean, we, you, you, we've been talking for quite a while, though, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like you've known me longer than twenty minutes, uh, more like a few years. But that's that's a good thing. I, hopefully. I feel as though I've known you for quite a while too. Thank you, thank you very much. I was watching One Foot in the Grave, you know, from sort of the mid nineties onwards. My grandparents. I mean, you were God to them honestly <laughs> um then they're not with us anymore but just her my my grandma's my nanny's infectious laughter at, at victor meldrew and all of the cast but blimey so it's just sort of inspired me to do a podcast because I, I did one on only fools and horses with a couple of friends and my brother and the beginning of last year i thought one from the grave is not spoken about enough for my liking so i thought i'd do a podcast and Obviously, it was a goal to get yourself on and Annette and whatever, but I didn't think it would happen. And here you are. So, wow. Just just thanks so much. Yes, you never know. Tom. Exactly. Well, if you don't ask, you don't get. But we're not going to talk. If you don't ask, you don't get. I, I live in, in London, of course. I live in, in, near Regent's Park. It's a very grey day here today. Same here. So I've got, I've got a jumper on again. <laughs> <laughs> not an old Edmund sweater, I hope. <laughs> no, 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 
So how long has your podcast been going for? Um, I started sometime in February 2020 before the madness happened. When I when I asked if you would come on, I sort of had to use Mike Fenton Stevens as a bit of bait because he he's come on my podcast to talk about one foot in his career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, yeah, if I tell Deborah, it's a lo- very lovely lady who's uh, representing you. She's very, very um, yeah. accommodating. Yeah, I started last February, and I, it, it was just to talk through each episode with if, initially on on my own, but I sort of invited you know regular fans to. Sort of do. Have you had any? Have you had any other um, cast members yet? You are um, so apart from Mike Fenton Stevens, who appeared in a very brief scene where you get uh, locked in at <laughs> uh, Pippa's brother's house, Jeffrey Croker. I haven't, and you are the first. Well, you, might, you might as well start from the top, Tom. Absolutely, absolutely. I, do you know? What? I, 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 not to drop her in it, but I did. Uh, Mike Fen- again. Mike was lovely and said. Have you asked Annette? And I said, um, I have emailed an agent, but I haven't heard back. So he goes, so I can I can send a text to her daughter, of course, as an actress as well. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Annette declined. But I think if if today goes well, if you enjoy it, I'm I'm sure David might might do it with pleasure. Annette Annette's uh, I, I I'm quite deaf, but uh, Annette is even deafer. So that might be one of her. Problems. But I can always give Annette a ring as well. I haven't spoken to her for ages. But I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to check that. I, I, um, that I like it enough. For, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, I, I, I just want to assure you, I'm not going to get you to do any catchphrases. I, I don't even really want to touch upon it because you, you're, you've been asked <laughs> since 1990. So that's not going to happen for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, say to all all your members uh, that Richard Wilson sends his very best wishes. You have some. I mean, I know, I know you know this, but the people people are very grateful uh, to start with for me doing this podcast because they want one foot in the grave to be spoken about. And oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, it's not really out there in the social media domain as much because you know I, I don't know why that is, but. I'm just trying to do my bit. I got some questions. I've, I've got some reference points to remind because. Well, to, you may have to. Uh, you know that I had a heart attack four years ago. I was so saddened to learn. I was going to ask you about how you are with that. Well, I'm still alive. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Because you appeared. I think you appeared on Good Morning Britain with Alex Beresford and and Loose Women a few years ago. And that, I mean, what an amazing reunion with Annette. But you you asked like oh do you think you could do it again? I'm just thinking you must know Victor died, if you're in any way shape or fan. I and know, I and I, I, know. I have so many uh, I have so many taxi drives. I I get a taxi. I I, I use a stick to walk now, and so uh, I I get taxis everywhere. <laughs> oh really? And a lot of taxi drivers, of course. They, uh, I wondered if it might be you when I got the uh, the order. I was delighted to meet you. I said, "Well, I'm delighted to meet you." And uh, they uh, they always say, "So well, not they don't always say, but many of them say, uh, when are you going to do some more?'" I said, "Well, he's dead." Exactly. I... That's what I said on Good Morning Britain, of course. Yeah, and it, and it sort of did the rounds actually on social media. It's like, yeah, yes, but... right. So someone, uh, so a friend told me that it's been on social media all morning or something. I tell you what else we have in common, which I think you, we might be friends for life if you learn this. That I'm a Manchester United fan as well. Oh, uh, that's it. And we could yes. we, we could well, talk we'll about that. Do, we'll do a Manchester United version one day. So United pop, yeah. Oh, you, know that, you know that Angus Deaton. Is a Manchester yeah. United fan. He's a yeah, he's a huge fan. Yeah. And Angus and I, uh, uh, well, Angus has got a friend who's a uh, Mark, or I can't remember his name, who is one of the directors, and he invites us up. Well, I, I, I we, we're not going at the moment, of course, because there's, yeah, there's nowhere going. Uh, but we uh, we used to go up. Uh, to the director's box uh, on, a, on, a, on a day for lunch 
before oh. it was just great got to got to meet a lot of the players etc again bring up his name again mike fenton stevens did mention that and he yeah he, mike, he, mike knows uh, uh, angus deaton very well they're very good friends mike sends his uh, love he was um pleased to hear that you you're coming on to the podcast and uh and well returned mike I will. He did tell a funny story, actually, about um, you, Angus, and he went to somewhere in Italy. Yes. I think there was a fan that was sort of coming your way and Angus's way. It was presumed that she wanted to come and meet you and Angus, but it's actually Mike. <laughs> so she asked you to take a picture of um, of her and Mike Fenton-Stevens. So it's a bit of a funny interaction, which he, he told that on the podcast, actually. But uh, yeah. <laughs> He sends his love, and um, he's got a really good podcast, actually. I don't know if you've uh, come across it. No, I'm not, I'm not very much into podcasts, but uh, I must pay more attention. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of these. I mean, it's the new format of radio, so I suppose. How, how often do you do yours? One episode at a time, probably once every, on average, once every two or three weeks, because I've got to allow for planning. So I watch the episodes, and I'm making... I mean, several bullet point notes per scene. I mean, there's there's just a ridiculous amount of funny content in one foot. I mean, Renwick is ridiculous. Um, oh, he's wonderful. <laughs> he's wonderful, but his knack for oh, the dialogue, I just, yeah, so I got to allow for that. And then, of course, editing can take, you know, about a week or so. So, yeah, probably fairly regular. I've done five series and most so far how many, how many are in a series there's about six episodes a series six series that's right six specials and a couple of comic relief shorts so i'm actually coming close to the end but I, i've always said to myself you know if i can get any of the cast on or anyone involved in entertainment just to have a chat then that's a bonus and here you are so i'm sure angus Deaton will come on for you so how do i how do i hear some of your old podcasts an app on your phone just called podcast if you click search once you open it up yeah. and just type one foot in the podcast um, and press subscribe ideally <laughs> there's um all the episodes i've done to date i'm going to be recording series six episode one with the lovely sarah your biggest fan uh, very soon you know after starring in one, one foot in the grave six series 36 episodes six specials two comic relief shorts obviously not including the audio releases all running between. Did we do six specials? Yeah, you did. Uh, you tested me now, so you did the the man in the <laughs> the man in the long black coat with Eric Idle. Um, you did who's listening with the garden gnomes. You did yeah. one foot in the Algarve. Uh, yeah. You did the wisdom of the witch, Starbound, and Endgame, which is phenomenal. Endgame. I mean, tear tear. Which, which one was Endgame? Uh, Margaret suffered a heart attack, and I think you had a ghostly encounter in your dream with her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, all running. I, I must just tell you, I, I must just tell you about uh, one foot in the Algarve. You know why why David Renwick wrote one foot in the Algarve because it was a you know Algarve and Grey were very close to each other. Yeah, so he he thought it would be a great idea if we went to Portugal. And we, we went off to Portugal thinking, oh, how wonderful. But when we got to Portugal, it was in a very cold, uh, very cold summer. Oh, and really? We all, had to put on, we all had to put on really warm clothes instead of, instead of our shorts and things. And it was, it was a great, that one, the, the one in the, uh, in the, with the, uh, the donkey in the, <laughs> in the toilet, in the, in the pool, was one of the most famous. Do you know, I went to um, the Algarve in about seven or eight years ago, and I honestly say specifically because One Foot in the Grave was filmed there. I mean, I've never been to really? Portugal, <laughs> so I went. I went up to the reception staff at this hotel, and I said, "I don't suppose you would have any idea roughly where they filmed the British sitcom One Foot in the Grave on this particular beach where there's several coves?" Because I made my um, my fiance and I we were. Walking up and down the beach, and I brought I brought the um, Richard Webber book uh, with oh, yes. the story of One Foot in the Grave, which was the best holiday read I've ever had. And um, I was just trying to locate it, but yeah, it was the, the probably the best beach, one of the best beaches I've ever visited. Really, golden sands, the waves, a warm sea, just 
very clean. Just loved it. I understand Susie lost a lot of her pre-production notes, didn't she, when she went on a recce? Uh, yes, sir. I, I, I remember that only because you mentioned it. I, mm. I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. So as I was saying, all those episodes over, you know, 10 years, um, and obviously de- delivering the p- performances of a lifetime as the much-loved and unsung hero Victor Meldrew, I guess you, you must feel proud. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, it, it, was, um, it was the first leading role I'd had. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd done a lot of sitcoms, but it was the first really big part I'd played. Um, uh, and I'd worked for David Renwick before in, uh, in the newspaper one. So I knew David quite well. Uh, and there's a, there's a very big story is that I turned it down the first time, which is sort of true because I I thought I was too... I, I didn't want to be playing old men. I thought I was far too young, which, of course, was rubbish. Um, but I, so... I said I said no at first, uh, and, and then um, uh, Susie Belbin was uh, who I hadn't I hadn't met at that time. Susie Belbin wanted to uh, try me again, so she sent me some more scripts, and I uh, I, I got I got an idea of how funny they were, and I went back to visit them, and uh, when I went to see them, I knew I'd probably end up doing it. So. Um, I, I did, and we always. Uh, David had been working with another writer. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Andrew Marshall. Writer. Yes, that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And this was this was David's first solo version, and it was you know he, he's a he's a wonderful writer. He just got better and better, and as I got you know I got used to what he was after, and um, uh, it all became. Really, really enjoyable to do. Yeah, I mean, I guess no regrets then. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets at all, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 of course, you've probably heard the story that David decided to, to kill Victor uh, because no one in a sitcom had ever died before. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about that. I mean, that is a very gutsy thing to do as a writer, isn't it? I mean, you've got this very gutsy. S- sitcom yeah. at the height of its popularity and i can't think of i think the young ones aside i can't think of a a comedy where the lead is killed off and that is a difficult episode to watch i i almost don't want to watch it and i know lots of listeners have said the same it's just that sort of journey that victor makes you know margaret persuades him to go on go and see your old schoolmates you love it and it's just it's just so sad i mean it's it's a blimmin it's a blimmin comedy drama let's face it and we're we're drawn into it so much aren't we just like poor victor any minute now yes um, of course um, when we were doing good morning britain recently we, we <laughs> uh van tyler who was in the program with me said gave the wrong name for the the actress who had killed me <laughs> oh and that's the thing richard like when that interview came out, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Uh, one of my listeners, Darren, made me aware of it. He said, um, have you seen that interview with... Well, I won't mention... You know, people know it. And I just thought, that's frustrating because, you know, I'd love to interview Richard Wilson. And I, you know, I'm not going to get that sort of thing wrong. And you just think, oh, hopefully I'll get lucky. And obviously here I am speaking to you now, which is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I mean, that was something I was going to bring up shortly anyway. Uh, do you edit your podcast? Yeah, I do. I'm a I'm a one man band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, of course, I, I I I'm quite keen to chat because we don't do any. There's nothing much else to do these days. Well, that's true. <laughs> I speak to a lot of people on the podcast, and you know, through Twitter and, and all the rest of it, we all agree that one foot seems to not really get the credit and coverage it deserves as as time passes by and it is highly regarded by you know the tv critics and professionals in the tv industry that have just like being one of the best if not the best and it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem to get spoken about as much i mean would yeah, you agree with that or do you not really pay attention to yes, that yes no we we agree with that and i've always you know if if they did uh if they did one foot in the grave on terrestrial television we'd get 
bit more money than we get if it's on UK gold. And we're we're always a bit upset that Dad's army just gets yeah. just played <laughs> for yeah. centuries. <laughs> yeah, and we think we think one foot the grave should get a shot now and again. I mean, it's on BritBox, which is quite new. But I, I've been campa- yes. I've been campaigning for Netflix to pick it up, but I don't think they will because BritBox is aim is to compete against Netflix, and I guess the last thing that they want to do is give competition. Yes, but I, I also did Merlin, which is, yes. is on uh, Netflix. Yes, you did. I, 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 I will hold my hands up. It's not. Uh, a program I watched, but I <laughs> That's okay. on a Saturday. I think it was aired on a Saturday, wasn't it? And I remember yeah. that. I remember that being on, and I would pay attention to it. But I think at the time, it might not be my genre of choice. But I'm, I always. No, that's okay. I think whenever you popped up in, no, they, we, we, we'll cancel the conference. <laughs> we'll cancel the program, the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, now I recollect it. I think I got the box set. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll carry on. We'll carry on, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, yeah, it's it's very much not in the limelight. So with you doing this podcast, you are contributing enormous, enormous. I can't even say it. Enormous list. Can't say it, Richard. An enormous amount of contribution from you just by being on this podcast um, is going to go down very well. I got a lot. People are flubbergasted. I got you on. How many members have you got? Uh, I don't know specifically. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm quite. I am small fry. I think I posted into the Facebook One Foot in the Grave pod, uh, One Foot in the Grave group. It's about eight. That's got about eight thousand or so um, members. I've only got a few hundred. Yeah, I've only got a few hundred Twitter followers or so, but I've had quite a big response. You know, they just they well, just. I tell, what, I tell you what we should do. We should do a a, a podcast uh, for One Foot in the Grave where people can send their own questions. I'd be up for and that. You can, and you can choose them as as the best questions. <laughs> yeah, I I I'll be happy to do a Q and A with Richard Wilson and fans. Absolutely. I do a Zoom with friends on a on a Friday, and, and uh, uh, they send out the Zoom, and uh, so I'm not very good at setting up a Zoom. But, oh, so you. I'd you do that for you. Sorry, I'm going off topic. Okay, let me. So you you, did, you suffered a, a health scare in 2016. Um, yeah. And firstly, I, I hope it's well and truly behind you. But I was just going to say, at the time, I I do record an an exciting announcement that you were to reprise the role of Victor Meldrew at the Edinburgh Fringe, just to you know to perform the trial uh, as a one off, and I. Did it take quite a bit of persuasion for you to be willing to make this one-off return? And do you think it could have led to to more shows? So, firstly, the health scare well, all behind you. I yes, I don't. I don't think it would have led to more shows because I don't think I don't think David would have written anymore. Because one of the reasons he he killed him. <laughs> uh, I, I, so you probably heard the story that. Uh, I was I was doing Waiting for Godot in, in Manchester in the theatre. I did hear and that, da- yeah. David and his wife came to, to see it. And we were having dinner afterwards. And David said to me, um, uh, by the way, Richard, uh, I'm thinking of killing off Victor. Uh, I, I said, what do you think? Now, he wasn't... If I had said no, don't kill him off, he, he would still have killed him off. Yeah, he, he just wanted to to put it to me. So when he said, "What do you think?" I I thought for uh, about thirty seconds and said, "Yeah, go on, kill him." Uh, yeah, I, I was feeling a bit feeling a bit fed up, uh, mm. being angry with with Victor. It is a, a masterstroke, but we we gutted have said goodbye but you know victor and and the rest of the um the cast the characters they do live on i mean first of all yeah this is podcast but people do watch it over and over again i mean it, it's, yes, well, it's I, did, see, I didn't know this was going on yeah i mean i just yeah i don't know i just can't believe I'm delighted I, to hear it. I, I nearly let the catchphrase out because i was going to say something along the lines of um i'm i'm amazed you're here but in your in a victor catchphrase which i'm refusing to say because i'm not going to be one of those fans that annoys you right <laughs> um yeah 
obviously, yeah. I mean, Victor, sadly, deceased, but you don't think uh, Victor the ghost uh, could could have just done the just done the trial, just maybe just done the trial because I did come across to my amazement. Twenty, I think it was twenty fifteen. You were at the Sheffield Crucible doing a. That's right. You did the trial, and I thought this. I mean, those. That's what I, that's what I was going to do in Edinburgh. Right. Okay. Because I I was, <coughs> I was the associate director of uh, uh, Sheffield Crucible, and I did it. I did uh, 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 in the in the the main theatre. We did a charity show. With me doing that, the trial, and so it worked so well and it was so popular that uh, we decided to do it at the Edinburgh Festival. And uh, I was, I was, I was going up to Edinburgh. I think on the Monday uh, we had sold out uh, in Edinburgh, and uh, the Wednesday before. I had my heart attack. I was I was in uh, sitting in um, Haverstock Hill and the Maison Blanc, waiting to meet a writer. And I don't remember anything else about it. But I, I had a heart attack, and I fell off this tiny little balcony and hit my head. And hitting my head was one of the the bad things about it uh, because I, I I bled for a bit. But I, I don't, I don't remember anything about that. But my apparently there was a doctor going by. Yeah. And uh, I was on the uh, Graham Norton radio show uh, once, and I I tried to get a hold of this doctor, but of course I, I didn't manage it. So it was yes when uh, when we were when we were going to go to Edinburgh. Clive Rill, who is the producer of the radio show I do, Believe It. Have you, you, you've heard about I've, that, of course. <laughs> I have, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Clive, uh, Clive rang me up one day and said, I'm having a bit of difficulty. <laughs> I'm having a bit of difficulty in ensuring you, Ian, uh, uh, Richard, because you're, see, I said my, my, my real name is Ian Wilson, yes. not Richard Wilson. You probably know that as well. Carmichael. <laughs> Ian Carmichael Wilson, that's my yeah. name. Anyway, uh, I can't tell you anything, Tom. Anyway, uh, so Clive said, I, I can't, you're, you're over 18 now, you're 18 now, so uh, insurance is very difficult. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, back it off. Age is nothing to do with it. So uh, he very kindly said, well, look, if anything happens, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share it with you. And of course it happened. Uh, so that was it. I was going to Edinburgh on the Monday and then the Wednesday I had the heart attack. Oh, I mean, all of our hearts sunk when we when we read the news, but it seemed to go a bit quiet for a while because, like I said, there was a bit of traction being built up about you doing the Edinburgh Fringe and then, of course, naturally you need to recover. But it is all behind you now, you know, all, all being well. There's You're able to, you know, do podcasts and stuff, aren't you? Well, I can do podcasts. I, I hope you might you might uh, say that I haven't done very well. There'll be no more podcasts. <laughs> Richard, I, if if I was to say such a thing, I would get someone to uh, beat me up or do anything. But no, <laughs> no. This is this is this is going several times better than I thought. Purely because it sounds like, unless you're being an being an amazing actor, it sounds like you're. I'm having a bit of fun so far, so that's good. That's really good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Do you look back on some of the storylines where you know Victor gets himself into sticky situations and and realise that actually Margaret can be equally to blame for some you know, the Meldrews getting mixed up in some of the trouble they find themselves in? You know, like if you remember the back in series two, we put her in living in the tomb. The Kylie the tortoise was sadly cremated and. <laughs> What Mar- Margaret was all for sort of to say feeling sort of not t- telling Porky's really and replacing the tortoise, but Victor, with his morals, wanted to just tell the truth and say, "I'm really sorry, this happened." And of course, Margaret ended up purchasing a new tortoise, which was handed to um, the little girl and her mum, and they buried the oh, live yes. one. So, 
Uh, do, you, do you ever look back and say, actually, Margaret is to blame for a lot of the stresses? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I certainly a lot of uh, a lot of people who watch the program used to say, why does why does Margaret stay with you? Uh, and I said, well, because we love each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 that's the same with pretty much most, well, every, not every couple, but I was, what I was going to say was it felt like when I was watching One Foot in the Grave growing up and, you know, until you know recently, it felt like a lot of the media, especially with uh, poor Margaret living with that grump um, and that's all he does. But actually, you do say it how it is, your character, you stand up for what's right. And that's why he's a very popular character, not just because he's hilarious with his rants, but... He does stick yeah. up for what's right, and that's what we love about him. You know? Yeah, and I, I think it was also quite interesting that one of the one of the things that I was not very keen on was the fact that I'd be I'd be playing an old person for old people. But um, one foot the grave was very popular with young people. It's very popular with students, for example, because you know they used to watch it. Uh, mm. uh, at all times when they were studying, so it 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 became um, you know something that people should be talking about. Uh, I, I I like that part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, God, if I think if if Victor was, I mean, there are real Victor Meldries out there, but if if this Victor Meldry was a real person, you know, he would be probably getting. All sorts of crap flown at him for 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 speaking up. I mean, that's that's probably obvious to say. But one of the things that worried me, it wasn't a very funny man. <laughs> well, he was funny, of course. I mean, he didn't have much of a sense of humour himself, Victor. I, I tell you, one of the one of my favourite moments, Secret of the Seven Sorcerers. Victor is sat listening to. He's got his headphones on and. Poor, poor Mrs. Warboy. I don't know if you recollect. Poor Mrs. Warboy is a Margaret. She's pouring her heart out to Margaret because she thinks yes. her husband Chris is having an affair. And just at the right moment, you burst out laughing. I think you listen to a pipe. You must be listening to the spam sketch, Monty, Monty Python. Um, and you're you're laughing at just the right moment for when Mrs. Warboy says a line about something bad, like I think Chris is having an affair. And then you, Victor, I keep saying you, but Victor, well, it is you, bursts out laughing. And just the comic timing, just that's one of my favorite moments. It's very straightforward, like yes. simple, but it's amazing. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. You, you, when you mention the the name of a show, I can't remember what the show is. But then you start and talk about it. Then it comes back to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, one of the other things that was very, very, very popular is the little puppy that I pick up for the phone. <laughs> That, yeah, uh, that that is. Uh, I I suppose the amazing thing about David's writing is that when the program was at its height, people would tell me about their favourite programs, and there was there was a lot of them. David wrote a lot of favourite programs uh, that people, you know, the the one with the uh, the the shooting of the. Uh, what you call it? What's uh, the 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 statues? The in the part in the in the garden. Uh, the what was that one? The things you put in your garden. The little statues. Oh, the gnomes. Um, the Christmas episode. Or the gnomes. That's it. Yeah. The gnomes. What would I want with two hundred sixty-three bloody garden gnomes? That one. Yeah. <laughs> Great special. Very point. Yeah. Very poignant that one was it because. Vic, I mean, this is, Victor shows that caring side. He's, he's very repenting of sins because Jeffrey Croker, no, so Tom Croker, he's um, Pippa's father. He's locked out, isn't he? And he has a, he, he's invited inside, and Vic, Victor learns that uh, you know a young lady in the video shop, uh, his husband is uh, is oh, yes. being killed, and and the little boy, you know, won't see his dad for Christmas, and you know the look on Victor's face is sort of very regretful how how he's spoken to a pre in a previous scene in the video shop um and and victor being the, the great man he is he he decides to give up his christmas evening or his christmas lunch should i say to help out the homeless um yeah much too yeah. much to margaret's dismay i always felt margaret was a 
was a little bit unkind of Victor because although, yes, it meant she was on her own, I mean, she could have Mrs. Warboys round, I think she should have understood why you were doing it. It's a great, uh, a great gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I forgot about that. Talking about poignant moments, I mean, we spoke about Endgame, like that, probably my, probably my favourite of the specials, probably actually one foot in the Algarve is probably my favourite, but Endgame is just remarkable. I, I watched that as it was aired in Christmas 97. Obviously, Margaret, she's, she's suffering a bit of stress throughout the series and it comes to light where she does have a heart attack. And, yeah, she, Mr. Sweeney comes rushing in to, to, to tell you, you've just been on a holiday in the haunted caravan, of course. And yes. uh, just I think it was just when you're sat in that in that hospital room and the camera focuses on your on your eyes and there. You just look. You're just looking on. Quite a serious look, but you're sort of. You're obviously taking in the memories. Then we see like a montage of Victor and Margaret's greatest hits, if you like. So yeah, sad, yeah. and then out of nowhere, it focuses back to you, and the beeping of the life support machine, and then the nurse just gives it a whack, bloody machine, and 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 Margaret is actually alive, and it's just such, a, it's such a relief. Like oh my good grief, just that element of writing. It's yeah. just phenomenal. It's, 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 I guess it's, it's a bit like John Sullivan and Fools and Horses, you know, like comedy and tragedy yeah. was quite easy for those for them to write and then it was, and they made a, a success of it. Yes. I can't remember who it was. Somebody, um, Mark, was it Mark Rawson who, who wrote when, when, when One Foot in the Grave was at its height, uh, said that uh, David Renwick was the... Uh, Who's the Irish writer who wrote? Uh, what was the play I said I was in? Uh, uh, it's frustrating, isn't it? I'm trying to think as well because I know. Is it something you directed or were you starred in? Uh, something, uh, something I, I I was in. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, well, as Vladimir waiting for Godot. Yes, yeah, waiting for Godot. Yes. And who wrote that? Samuel Beckett. Samuel Beckett. Yeah, yeah. So Mark yeah. Lawson said that David Renwick is the Samuel Beckett of the of the twenty of the the century. Yeah, and, uh, I thought that was very, a very accurate picture of. Him. Yeah, yeah, just genius writing, isn't it? When when we first meet Richard, uh, Richard, when we first meet Victor Meldrew, uh, he obviously he's been forced to retire. Yes. He's been at this company for. Um, 26 years what do you yeah. I, I don't think it's ever come to light what he did i mean this is a case of an, an opinion now what do you think bear in mind victor was a very creative individual he liked making things he did, wrote a script uh he did the ventriloquism what do you think he did before he became a security guard what, what would you say would have fit oh, before before he became a security yeah guard. what do you think oh, he did gosh well, I, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it probably wasn't very bright. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a brain surgeon, certainly. <laughs> he may have been a security guard for some time, you know. Yes, because, I mean, maybe he was just another, it was just another company he worked for, and uh, he was always yes. a good... I, I don't think, uh, I don't think Victor was hugely clever. But don't tell David Renwick he said that. <laughs> Well, he may he, he may well he may well agree. I don't know. Like he may have intended. It, it's no like obvious sign that he was he wasn't exactly dim. He knew right from wrong, didn't he? That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I remember saying to David once I was thinking of taking up golf, and I said to him, "Would it not be an idea if uh, if if Victor took up golf?" And he said, "No, it wouldn't. That that was it." <laughs> and I said, "Why?" I don't know anything about golf. I suppose you got to uh, write, write what you know, I suppose, don't you? Yeah. So he, he wrote... Uh, the thing that David said, of course, was that he used to be a, a reporter in the local papers. And he said that mm. uh, most of what he wrote about Victor was was based on truth. Yes. If he didn't know anything about golf, it, it, it may well not have worked, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Were there any... Any storylines or any episodes? Again, I'll, I'll give you some, you know, some examples. Were there any storylines you found particularly difficult to film or maybe difficult to watch as a fan? Whether it be like because you you might have known someone personally affected, or maybe you weren't overly keen on 
some of the more dark elements of the show. I've got a few examples if you want me to run through, unless you can think of something straight well, I on. remember, I remember one, the one where I was buried in the garden <laughs> with yeah. my head, head, you know, I was... Daniel Peacock, hole, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They dug this hole for me, and uh, it, it was a, in a space in the garden where the wind was just breezing right down the garden into my face. <laughs> and I, I wasn't... Uh, wasn't feeling great about the idea. No. Uh, uh, so we filmed it, and I remember saying, "Thank God that's over." Uh, and then the stage manager came and said, uh, "Richard, uh, sorry, it's, it's not, it's not." Is it do again? It's not worked. We got to go again. <laughs> uh, oh no! Oh no! Uh, so I wasn't very, and I had a, I had a hot water bottle down there to keep me warm. Yeah, I yeah. Hated it. Yeah, I, 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 I completely empathise with that. I mean, it was hilariously funny, not for Victor, but yeah. that is quite. That's another iconic image, really. Just your, your head sticking out from the ground. Um, I, I just love. I mean, Margaret puts the plant pot over your head, but she. It, I think you. I think uh, Patrick and Pippa are just walking around the back alley, and right. she it's... says, "Oh, should I go and get them for help?" And it's just the way Victor responds with, "Don't you bloody dare!" <laughs> for him to see me like this, just that delivery, that, was, that delivery, what amazing. Was my, what was my other neighbour? Who played that? So you had one side. You had Mr. Sweeney and his unseen mother, Owen Burnham. Yes, we never saw the mother. But Owen got into doctors eventually. He left doctors, didn't he? he yeah, I, I didn't watch it, but I think he might have been killed off as well. You know, I'm not, not too sure. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> I never watched it. I thought it was a terrible program. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's one of those daytime things. I, I'm not, you know, yeah. it's not for me. But yeah, Mr. Swaney one side. You had the trenches, Patrick and Pippa the other. Right. Of course, Tim Brooke Taylor stepped yeah. in with. Um, oh yes, didn't he? In, in I think that was um, that was Endgame, and he had. I think that got off to a good start, didn't they? They were very welcoming the McVitties. So that's Derek and Betty McVitie, and uh, it was going rather well for for them for a short while, but before. He went a bit pear-shaped with... I think you accidentally um, kidnapped an old lady, a, a, a millionaire's son, <laughs> yeah. before yeah. that before that went down the, the hill, but yeah. Yes, Janine Davitsky was very good uh, playing Angus's wife. Yeah, she's... The, I, I would say the ladies in the show, just as funny. Like, Margaret's growling Annette, Annette's ability to, to growl in frustration at, <laughs> was hit absolutely uh, just honestly I think Paul Merton said uh, and this was uh, one of my listeners Andrew he said um, Paul Merton had apparently said One Foot in the Grave is one of those comedies where all the sitcoms and again this is obviously his opinion One Foot is the one comedy that you just generally laugh out loud no matter how many times you rewatch it um and I, yeah. I i definitely agree with that like only falls is like my most loved comedy and one for the grave is of course absolutely love it but i would watch one for i'd watch only falls and horses and it's like a comfort blanket and i still laugh at it but i put i put one foot on and i'm still laughing and i tell you actually <laughs> this is either a good or a bad thing i'll let you decide but my two and a half year old uh, she's learned her first swear word, and I, 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 I've. She, she can say your famous catchphrase. I'm not going to say it, and it's very cute. And I was going to put it on the, I was going to record it and put it at the the start of the podcast. But she can also say, "What in the name of bloody hell?" Um, but she's she, and she's she's even perfected the slight, you know, the Scotch accent element. Scotch say oh, she says she says very bright. She says bloody hell, the <laughs> emphasis on the L. So, What's her name? Uh, Margot. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, cutie. Um, give her my love. I will. Drop <laughs> again. I think this might be like father, like daughter. But if she is, if she's not having a good time and she's a little bit whingy, um, if I put on a British sitcom, particularly one foot, she calms down. She's so I don't know. It's it's remarkable, really. But yeah, should we move on, Mrs. Warboys? Now, 
she was on the receiving end of some of Victor's rants. You know, she used to get into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple, mantle, yes. couple of uh, examples, you know, getting the, she thought, so Victor needed a, so the episode Descent into the Maelstrom, series four, she was tasked with getting your uh, suit back from the dry cleaners and brought back a gorilla costume. That's right. <laughs> yes. And then, of course... Yeah, the... yes, that's right. As soon as you mentioned that name, I remember the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Just unbelievable. Um, um, Mr. Swaney, of oh, course... Wonderful, wonderful idea. Oh, Mr. Swaney thought you were annoyed that it was the not the right size. So of course, he brings a, a another gorilla suit, and there you are sat between these huge... <laughs> outfits that yeah um she also i think the episode only a story series four she she came to stay didn't she because of the the flooding and uh oh, yes oh yes and fans are I've forever, about that. fans are forever quoting at the line where she sort of she stood on a chair in the meldrews kitchen and <laughs> And the and the scene opens up with Margaret walking in, and Margaret by this point is absolutely fed up with Jean living there. And actually, Victor's not so bad with it, but uh, Mrs. Warboy says, "I'm just cleaning some of the filth out of these cupboards." And that line, people are always quoting that, you know, because she doesn't mean <laughs> she doesn't mean bad, does she? <laughs> She's just it's just innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was very, she was very good, Dorian. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot of people uh, really liked uh, Mrs. Warboys more than anyone. Uh, yeah, she was just. And, uh, sweet. Well, one, of the, one of the things that I thought was funniest was the was the on the motorway when Margaret and, and Victor are sitting in the car. Yeah, and then after, after about. Ten minutes or something. Mrs. Warboys comes into the back. Isn't it a surprise? I, isn't it? I, I thought that was a hugely funny idea. It's just the last <laughs> thing you expect. To the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she th- she thought you wanted a certain flavour of crisp, but she didn't bother buying it because that's all they had. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, the energy you must need to play Victor, though, because it's a lot. It's a lot of raising your voice, isn't it? And um, oh, yes. A lot of energy, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's an actor. That's, that's a lot to go. Yeah. <laughs> the last episode I did review was Endgame, but I think in um, Starbound, which was the sort of one where you get high on drugs through Ray Winston's oh, yes. cocaine, cocaine stash. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, another. It's just another t- moment of Mrs. Warboys. She, Mrs. Warboys, is uh, she collected your, uh, Victor and Margaret from the airport i think you've been to germany and uh, victor a bit of car sickness and of course and again the, the example of mrs warboy's putting her foot in it she wouldn't stop talking about food and of course that made victor <laughs> want to get out and vomit <laughs> but yeah she's an absolutely lovable character isn't she really she was. what sets one foot aside from the rest i suppose is there are many dark and eerie elements that aren't there is there any oh, particular yes. any particular yes. You can think of that stood out, you know, especially you know the the amount of animals involved that might have been killed or people suicides, kidnap. Can you think of anything? That... Well, there was uh, they, they 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 had a they had a, a child, didn't they? Yeah, so uh, Stuart Meldrew. So that, that's in Timeless Time. That was the uh, so those those real time episodes were just amazing, but that was a very subtle. Revelation, because it's sort of dropped into conversation. Like Vic, I think you're ranting about something in the tabloids, and you, as Victor tends to do, he uses like a popular culture reference, and he mentioned babies, and of course, yeah, he immediately regretted it, and it just, it was just so, it was just perfection how that was revealed, and then it was just suddenly forgotten about again. And I, you know, sh- yes. ashamed to say, I, I, I had to be reminded about that you know because when i when i was re- reviewing these episodes i i'd forgotten a few elements and i'd always wondered did they have a child or not of course yeah, they did and that might be that might be partially why victor is the way he is partially because of the real yeah horrible but it's also uh, where did 
David's very clever is that he he only mentions it that once, I think, in in, the, in all the writing. Mm. He does he doesn't uh, you know live on it, but in any ways. With the with the Meldrews, it's all about the copious amounts of uncles and aunts and cousins, cousin Ivor, cousin yes, Ursula, yes. Auntie yes, Gertie. The Australian, the Australian who came over, I can't remember what the relationship was. I remember that one. There was an Australian relative came over. Are you thinking of your brother Alfred uh, Richard Pearson? He came yes, from. He came from. Right. Yeah, he came from New Zealand. Now that was a really poignant episode because it's, it's amazing to have you know a relative introduced, and again that was a one-off. And uh, Richard Pearson wasn't it who played um, your yeah, uh, yeah Alfred, and it, obviously it, it was a great episode. He's a very good actor. Yeah. What was sad was you, Victor. I keep saying you like you are Victor. Sorry, Rich, uh, Richard. <laughs> Victor and um, Alfred were um, just about getting on, weren't they? They were looking at some old photos and reminiscing about the old times. And That's right. And, of course, he found that dictaphone where you'd accidentally been recorded saying, God, you know, when you know, when will you go? In the name of God, go, I think you said. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he, he heard it and he's got an, uh, the letter. It's the letter he left that, you know, where he said, you know, be another 25 years before... Um, we, you know, you, I bother you again. Or, uh, that's not word for word, but of course, we do learn in the trial that you're writing a letter to Alfred. So you obviously did make up friends again, which yeah. is good, which is lovely. Yeah, that's right. Victor being killed off. Margaret obviously visited Glynis, Hannah Gordon, and then she came out of the house. We don't know, and I don't think David Renwick knows what happened. It's left to your imagination. In your opinion. Did Margaret cause any damage to Glynis for the murder of Victor Meldrew, or the manslaughter, you know, shall we say, or or not? What do you think? I, I, I would say no. I don't think Margaret would do that. No. She might have... She might have, uh, she might have wanted to. She might have wanted to. Maybe she, was, she wanted to be... Uh, rise above it, because, you know, Victor took a lot of crap, didn't he, and, and still had elements of decorum about him, so maybe... Yeah, okay. Oh, I do not Will you look at this? Bastards! Can you believe the nerve of this? I'll skin their ruddy heights for them. My Meldrew moan is, when you asked me in this podcast, you didn't tell me I was going to be on it for so bloody long. <laughs> I know, you, you've, uh, you have been on for... As long, longer than I could ever dreamed of. So uh, that ends it quite well, actually, Richard. And we we did discuss sort of in the background. You may have been joking, but if you ever wanted to come on again on a Zoom or or whatnot, I will. I'll come on a Zoom. I'm sure I'll be uh, on one foot in the podcast again. Thank you, Richard. That is a dream come true. <laughs> I I I will refer to you as a friend. But absolutely. Thank you for you giving up. Oh my good grief! An hour and close to an hour and twenty minutes. God almighty, that's far too long. <laughs> this, that is that is uh, incredible. Thank you so much, and I I will le- leave you to very some nice peace. To meet you. Very nice to meet you as well. All the very best to you. Uh, all the very best. Tom. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers.